Everybody good back there? We all good? All right, I'm good. You good? Um, Y'all been going through these facing Goliath things. What's the exact phrase? Do y'all know this phrase? Is it there? Killing Goliath. How to defeat the giants of your life. Okay, thank you so much. Um, Just right on cue. Um, They want me to talk about depression today. Um, You know, uh, that's why I wore the Phillies shirt, because you Atlanta Braves fans need to remember what it's like to be depressed, in case you weren't sure um, whether or not what depression felt like. Hey, I'm a Rangers fan. It's bad right now. I'm, I'm with you. I had high expectations, and they are crashing very quickly uh, before my eyes. Our relief pitching is awful. Uh, for you people who don't care about baseball, just forget everything we just said. Um, I want to be uh, Brent tonight, if that's okay. Uh, you, I'll be Brent. You be who you are. Is that cool? Um, Carmen, you're allowed to be Carmen. Um, the reason I say that is I, I'd like to peel back the curtain a little bit for you and just be honest with you about life, um, about my experiences, where I've been, um, what I, because I think it applies to this passage, but I think it'll also show a little bit of honesty for us to be honest with ourselves. Um, depression is real. Um, it does occur. Um, it occurs more often than we realize. It can mask itself in various ways. Um, it can come and hit us uh, unannounced. We never see it coming. It catches us by surprise. Uh, we may not even understand it. Uh, if you're a junior high student, uh, you may not even know it exists. It just, you just feel different than uh, you used to feel. Meaning, um, take for example, the first time I ever felt it was in junior high when I lost my grandfather. It's the first time I'd ever experienced death in a family member. Uh, my grandfather passed away when I was in seventh grade. Um, I'm a very bubbling personality. Like in my youth ministry world, I am bouncing off walls, screaming, hollering. That's just my personality. It's what I love doing. I do it in a classroom, in college. Um, but in those days, I'm just an introvert. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to do. Um, those are very common symptoms of what we'd consider like a short-term type depression. So uh, there are also very long-term type depressions. So you have short-term where a life experience hits you and you're able to recover, grieve, go through processes and and feel better about yourself. But there's also those on the very far end where you can't get out of bed. It's so bad. Um, Some of that is chemically induced, the way your body just works. Um, you may have, I hate to say, being born that way is not the correct phrase. Um, it's, it's in the, your genes and DNA. Like your parents may have had some depression bouts, you may have had depression bouts, um, and you may be on a medication for it to try to help you balance life back out in order to survive life. Um, so you have little pockets of depression, and then you have these massive life-altering depressions. My father went through that. We went through three years of chemical depression with him. He couldn't even get out of bed. It was that bad. Um, I have dealt with depression, um, and we'll talk more about that uh, in throughout the course of this time together. Uh, are we okay so far? I don't want to get over your head, you younger ones. Are we all right? Does that make sense? All right. Because I teach this as a psychology class, Dr. Baskin teach, but I also want to be Brent. And that's, I want to equip you with truth. I want to tell you what it is. I want to talk about the lies, what it's not, 
because Satan lies to us. He likes to lie to us. And then I want, you to, I want to also tell you what the Bible says, because I think there's some things in the Bible that can help us through this. And there's also some characters in the Bible, true stories of people who have dealt with depression in the Bible that I want to give you as resources that you can go back and look at a little bit later. Um, so depression's a widespread. It affects Christians and non-Christians. Um, you can have feelings of sadness. Uh, anger can also come out as depression, and that happens more in guys than it does in girls. Guys typically, uh, if they're angry, um, it actually can, it's actually more of a depressive state than it is just anger. Um, that's how we tend to uh, express it. You have feelings of hopelessness, uh, fatigue. You just don't have the energy that you usually do, and you don't know why. Um, and then uh, they may f- begin to feel useless, uh, extreme cases, even suicidal. We lose interest in things and people. Uh, maybe you've had a friend that broke up with a boyfriend or girlfriend, and they just don't want to be around anybody. You call them, you text them, you social media, Snapchat, whatever, and they just don't respond to anything like they used to. And you're like, what is going on with them? Well, the emotional uh, heaviness of what's going on in their life has caused them to go into a depression. Uh, it's triggered by life circumstances, such as death of a loved one, uh, maybe divorce, uh, or even psychological problems such as abuse or low self-esteem um, related to self-image. Maybe you're looking in the mirror and not seeing what you like. Um, all of those things can be issues that we face that really just take us down and uh, cause us to go into a depressive state. It's hard. It's not fun being in this type of life and in this world. Uh, I call it a cloud. Uh, this idea of just being in a gray cloud. Uh, one of the worst places for depression is Seattle, Washington. You may not have known that. And the reason being is it's constantly cloudy out there. It always rains. Um, sunshine is actually, the vitamin D in sunshine actually improves your attitude. So getting some sun, I love this type of weather for me. This where it doesn't get to be dark till like 9.15 is awesome. I love it um, because it helps your attitude and your thought and your behaviors and all that stuff. It, it can actually help chemically. But this over, the cloud, the overwhelming weight, there's a weight that is on us. It just feels heavy sometimes uh, when we're depressed. Uh, I've already talked about anger. We express it as anger. We'll lash out at people, people that we love. And we go, why were they... Why were they so angry? Why were they treating me that way? Maybe you're a boyfriend or a girlfriend and your boyfriend uh, jumped you, jumped and yelled at you or screamed at you or sent something that you, that's not normally them. Uh, it just didn't seem right at the time. Uh, and you're wondering, why, why are we going through this? Or why did I act this way? Why am I yelling at my parents? Why, uh, maybe there's something going on underneath the surface that's causing all this. So there's some physical symptoms, there's some emotional symptoms, there's, a, there's some mental symptoms that go on that are issues that we have to face. And then the mindset is, okay, I have to overcome them. Um, it's internally, it's my problem, it's my fault, I've just got to get over it and suck it up. That's what a lot of us think when we're in um, a state of depression or there's nothing I can do. I hate the phrase, it is what it is. Maybe you've heard that phrase. Uh, meaning this is just how it's going to be. There's nothing I can do about it. Well, that's not entirely true. 
But Satan wants to lie to us. Satan will lie to you and say, if you're in a depressive state, you're not normal. You may or may not, in this present moment in time, be on a medication for depression. Whether that be anxiety or depression. And what Satan will tell you is, you're not normal, you should get off your medication. If you were not on medication, you'd be normal like everybody else. Can I tell you that's a lie? Some people need to do that. God built them uniquely and by design in his image, but yet even in those moments, God also has equipped medicine to help you in your life. That may sound really weird, that God has made you whole and complete, but yet at the same time dependent on a medication in order to survive. So maybe you very similarly may be on an ADHD medication for the same reasons or similar reasons. God uniquely designed you with exceptional and over-the-top energy, and that's a good thing. But there are certain times where that just needs to be reined in just a little bit. And so we put yourself on some medication in order to do that. Depression's a lot the same way. God has uniquely designed us. In my case, what I'm uniquely designed to do is over-the-top love, care, and concern and want to know what's going on. And what happens is, is in those moments, I get completely overwhelmed by life because I am not God. God did not design me to be God. And therefore, in tragic moments, specifically to people that I love, uh, right now, it's my daughter and my wife, just to let you know, that I get completely overwhelmed and my whole body goes bonkers. And so I'm on a medication. Does that make me weird? I'm weird anyway, but that's not the medication. I'm weird because I'm a youth minister. Look at Ryan. I mean, come on. He's not here to defend himself, right? But there have been times in my life where I've had to be on medications for depression because I have believed a lie to, uh, to be somebody I'm not, but I've also believed the lie that I'm not worthy enough to serve God because I'm on medication that I'm too weak. And I just want to tell you the truth that that's a lie from Satan. If you're on a medication, stay, continue to work on that. Continue to be used by God because Satan wants you to feel useless, and that's not true. All right, another lie. Uh, You are alone. You're the only one. Nobody's like you. Everybody else is normal. Can I just tell you the fact that everybody else, that's a lie, that everybody's not normal too? Does that make sense, what I just said? Everybody's weird. Everybody has something that is wrong with them, and we all go to school, and we all put on our social media accounts how perfect we are. I mean, go look at my social media account. I am perfect. I am wearing a suit and a tie sometimes, and my smoking hot wife is right next to me. My kids are always perfect on social media. I have life made. It's what you don't see on social media, right? You don't put that stuff. We, the last time we are here, and I know you remember what we talked about the last time I was here, right? That was like six months ago. But we talked about how we take 100 million Instagram photos before we actually post the one, right? Because we got to have the perfect Instagram photo, try different angles, and then we got to find the right filter. I don't even know about Snapchat. I couldn't even go there with you. But, but with Instagram and all that stuff, we're trying to make ourselves out to be somebody that we're not. And So the lie is, nobody understands what I'm going through. But here's the truth. Everybody else is thinking the same thing, too. And what we're going to find out in Scripture is, 
the challenge of Scripture is we've got to change that mentality, that it is not a, not everybody understands what I'm going through, but actually everybody understands what I'm going through, and everybody should be helping each other. And we'll look at that in Scripture in a minute. Another lie. Um, happy and joy are the same thing. Depression, you're not happy. There, there's just not a lot of, yay, when you're depressed. It's a lot of, huh, it's tiring. It's draining. Because a lot of times it's life circumstances. We talked about uh, what our parents are going through, whether that be a job loss, divorce. It could be stuff that we're dealing with, stress, anxiety. Uh, finals for y'all is in about a month away. Some major projects are coming to come and do. Y'all have standardized testing, right? That's a lot of fun, isn't it? Woo! Okay. Those are the most draining, depressing things to ever go through in your entire life. Standardized testing. Do y'all at least get breakfast out of it? Okay, because we got breakfast. At least they served us breakfast. Because we apparently a well-fed meal was going to make our grades go up. At least that was their justification. So, but life happens, and it happens unexpectedly. The lie that I lived was growing up was I was taught that if you're not happy, something's wrong with you. That if you're not happy, then you're not in God's will. That's a lie. Because the, the reality is life's hard. It is. And sometimes we're going to go through difficult things. Loss of a loved one. Death of a family member. Breakups. Friendships. People move. We're going to lose friends. Those are hard circumstances. But yet, if we follow God's will and trust God, we can find joy in the midst of those, which is different than happiness. And it can help us in our time of need. Because God wants to help us in our time of need and not necessarily um, just make us happy. God's plan is much bigger than that. And you're a part of a much bigger plan. All right, last one, then we're going to get into it. Uh, The last lie is suffering is unnatural. Sometimes going through dark times of life, like depression, is a natural process of life. Your body, your brain is made that way. It's kind of cool how God works. The chemicals of the brain are fascinating to me. Dopamine, serotonin, a bunch of weird words that you probably haven't heard of yet. Perfectly fine that you don't. But what I will tell you is God's built your body and built your brain and built the chemicals in it for you to learn, grow, and become healthy, and they begin, and also help others. It's beautiful how God works. All right, so let's look at Scripture. What does Scripture say? 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Grab your Bibles if you got them. What does the Bible say about the idea of depression? <clears throat> We've talked about it being overwhelming. We've talked about it being a struggle. We talked about life circumstances. We talked about the lies that we are that we often believe related because of low self esteem. Uh, nobody nobody knows what I'm going through. Uh, it's just I don't even need to get out of bed anymore in the morning. And in extreme cases, we deal with some suicidal. I mean, back that up. Not extreme extreme, but in some very difficult cases, we deal with suicidal thoughts. And then in extreme cases, we may deal with suicidal attempts. Okay? There is a big difference between suicidal thoughts and suicidal attempts. 
And I'll just pause there and say, if you are ever thinking about that, please call somebody you love and you trust and share that with them. And we'll reinforce that here in just a minute. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we're dealing with Paul dealing with affliction. That's the biblical word. Suffering is the same idea. Very similar. It all follows under the, um, the affliction umbrella. Depression would be underneath it. So Paul's not necessarily, in this case, dealing with depression, but he's dealing with similar issues, meaning things aren't right, they're not the way he wants them to be, and I'm just not in, in a right place right now. And I'm going to show you, and he's going to reinforce to the Corinthian church how things can get back in the right place. And so we're going to learn from this and relate it back to depression, and I think we can pull that off. All right, so verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all... What word do you have? Comfort. Does anybody else have a word other than comfort? Okay, good. So number one, God is the source of help. If you're dealing with depression, the number one lie, one of the biggest lies is you're alone. You are not alone. God is the source of your comfort. It is the original source of your comfort. It has been since the day man was created with Adam and Eve. Since the day of Adam and Eve, God has been in the business of a relationship with man. When you were born, he was in the business of having a relationship with you. When life hit you in the mouth and you went into a low state, he did not stop caring about you. He is still the source of your comfort. It doesn't feel like in your life at that time that you want to go to God, but you have to begin to tell yourself, I still have someone in my corner, and that is God, because that is truth. All right, let's keep reading. Uh, Verse 4, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Don't you love how the Bible sometimes repeats itself and then changes the word and repeats itself and then changes the word and repeats itself again? You're like, huh? What? Romans 7 is notorious for that. Go read that sometime when you're bored. Because he's like, I want to do what I want to do, and I can't do what I want to do, and what I want to do, I can't do, but I want to do what I want to do, and I can't do it. That's all, folks. Okay? Y'all don't even know that one. All right. That was an adult reference. Sorry. But he does that in verse 4. He says, "Comfort God comforts us in affliction so that we can comfort those who are on affliction, so basically help others, but with the comfort that we got from God. So A helps us with B because of A. Does that make it a little more simple? Does that help just a little bit? All right. So God's help helps us help others. You know that phrase, help me help you? That's basically what God's allowing us to do. Because I know God has comforted me and helped me in my time of need, I have believed that truth. When someone else goes through a similar circumstance, if you've gone through a loss of a loved one, maybe you're the first one in your friendships, you're all your friends that loses a loved one, like a grandparent. And you're like, okay, God, you're, you're here to help me. And maybe someone older helped you. When your friends then start losing grandparents, you've already been equipped with the truth of God's love so that you can go help them and comfort them through their difficult time. Does that make sense? So what he does in 6 through 10 is he shares personal experience of how he's been through a difficult time so that he can therefore comfort them. And he says in verse 6, and I'll come back to verse 5 in just a second. 
He says, if we are, are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that you share in our sufferings. You also share in our comfort. In the Bible, if you see words constantly repeated, it probably means they're important. And I hear two words constantly repeated, suffering and comfort. So if you're suffering, there's comfort. If you're suffering, there's comfort. If you're suffering, there's comfort. If you're suffering, be ready for comfort. If you're suffering, it's so that you can comfort others. Pretty important stuff here. So is it possible that sometimes when we face this Goliath called depression, God is preparing us to help someone else face their Goliath? I went through some, I have gone through difficult circumstances in my life Some have gone through even worse so that I might minister to other people. Let me give you an example. There's a guy named Douglas Mowry. He's 15 years old. He's from Crevcour, Missouri. He had a bad feeling. He had been feeling bad for several days, and his temperature was ranging between 103 and 105 degrees. He was suffering from severe flu-like symptoms. Finally, his mother took him to the hospital in St. Louis. Douglas Mowry was diagnosed as having leukemia. The doctor told him in frank terms about his disease. They said that for the next three years, he would have to go undergo chemotherapy. They didn't under, uh, sugarcoat the side effects. They told Douglas he would go bald and that his body would most likely bloat. Upon learning this, he went into a deep depression. His aunt called a flower shop to send Douglas an arrangement of flowers. She told the clerk that it would, was for her teenage nephew who has leukemia. When the flowers arrived at the hospital, they were beautiful. Douglas read the card from his aunt. Then he saw a second card. It said, Douglas, I took your order. I worked for Bricks Florist. I had leukemia when I was seven years old. I'm 22 years old now. Good luck. My heart goes out to you sincerely, Laura Bradley. And his face lit up. You see, he's sitting in the hospital with all kinds of medical equipment that could help him. But the one thing he needed to know was, Someone else has gone through this before me and been okay. So sometimes when we go through life, we need help from other people. So verses 8 and 9 say, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to take to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises from the dead. So we help others and help us get through it um, by supporting each other, especially when it feels like it's impossible. But then finally, he also says uh, in verse 11, where is it at? You must also help us in this affliction by prayer so that, we, uh, that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. So we help each other through encouragement because we've been through it, but we can also help each other by praying. I know it would be weird, okay? But we've already decided we're all weird already, right? I'm weird, you're weird, we're all weird together. How weird would it be to look at your friend and just say, can I pray for you right now? Okay. That's probably the response you're going to get. I'm just warning you now. If you've never done it before, that's probably the response you're going to get. Uh, okay. 
and then just pray for them. Now, it doesn't have to be what you see on Sunday morning behind the pulpit. Dear Lord, please bless, you know, from the offering, you know what I'm talking about? It's that big formal prayer. It doesn't have to be that way. I had a friend, I had one of the girls in my group a long, long time ago, and she helped me chill out on praying. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever had, because I was always that formal guy, because I grew up with a pastor. My, my grandfather was a pastor, not the one that passed away, but the other one. Um, he, he died when I was in college, or no, uh, after college. Anyway, uh, he would always pray announcements in his prayers, because he was a pastor. He would pray, Dear Lord, don't let the deacons forget about their deacons meeting at 5 p.m. this evening. That's how he would pray. All right. So I grew up with that. But Angie was a girl from Arkansas. She's one of my kids. Um, she's now got two kids. It's awesome. Uh, but here's her prayer. The first time I ever heard her pray, I was like, hey, anybody want to volunteer to pray? She goes, I'll pray. So I'm thinking, this is going to be awesome. She goes, hey, God, this is Angie. Life just sucks right now, so I hope you'll help us out. Amen. <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble for that one. But it was so genuine, right? All you got to do is be genuine. And look, it was less than 10 seconds. That was it. You think God heard it? Absolutely. That's all it's got to be. All you got to do is pray. It, it puts God connection. It lets somebody know that God's in charge, that God's there, and that you're there too. If you just say, hey, I'm going to pray for you, liar. You might. But if you do it right then, they know you're genuine, 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 okay? Last me, let's go back to verse five. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If, let's go back to us. Okay, we've spent a lot of time talking about the truth of God, which is that depression helps us minister to other kids, other friends, each other. Let's go back to us. I don't know how low your low is right now. I'm on a medication, so I really don't know how low my low is right now. I can tell you it's fairly low, but I feel pretty good. Okay, because the medicine's helping. It's working. It's doing exactly what it should do. But if I got off of it, I don't know what would happen right now. Just being honest. But here's what I do know based on this passage. The truth is, is that the more my suffering happens and the deeper my depression could potentially get, which I don't think it will. I think because of choices that are being made, I'm on the way back up. But let's just say I would continue low. The lie would be that God is going to distance himself because he stays here and I keep going here. What verse 5 just said is the worse it gets, the more Christ loves me. So the lower I get, the love gets deeper too. Christ is going, he's going down every step of the way with us. So no matter what struggle you're going through, and in this case he talks about suffering, and we know Paul suffered a lot prison, different places, different things, uh, beatings, different things he went through. What he was saying is, no matter what I go through and the harder it gets, Christ loves me even more. So going back to us, if you are struggling with depression right now, the last thing that you should believe is Christ doesn't love me or I'm not sure he loves me enough. What you need to know is he loves me even more than I think I do. 
Because that's the truth. He loves you. He has designed you and created you and built you uniquely for who you are and exactly what you're going through in this exact moment of your life. He's preparing you for something. He will get you through it. Believe the truth of that. You can face that Goliath. So this evening, here's my challenge to you. Be a, be a friend. If you've gone through stuff, you are now prepared to serve. If you are going through something and you want to talk, I'd love to talk. I'd love to listen. i really love to pray. I have friends in this room who have gone through life, and it's been hard. They would love to talk to you too if you just need to talk some stuff out and figure it out. Maybe you are struggling with this Goliath and you're not sure what it's supposed to look like or how it's supposed to work. Like, I feel kind of down, I'm not real sure, or life's been hard, mom and dad have been struggling, whatever it is. Maybe we can just be an encouragement to you today. But I don't want you to leave without talking to somebody and leave out of here going, nobody cares, nobody loves me, nobody knows what I'm going through. Because we do want to know what you're going through. We want to help. That's why we're here. We're all in this together. All right, let's pray together.